Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to a very special spooky episode of That Would Never Happen. Um, as you guys know, we usually cover romantic comedies on this show. Um, but before we started our second season, I wanted to give you all a little something for the month of October. Um, I was originally going to go for something a little more true to the romantic comedy genre, like uh, I think I had Bewitched and Practical Magic on my list. Um, but I decided to go a little uh, spookier uh, and <laughs> choose a movie that still had a very intense romantic plot. Um, and so I went with the classic 2008 film Twilight. <laughs> um, and I have my good friend Daisy here to talk all about it. So Daisy, first of all, how is it going? How are you? I'm good. I just bought two new houseplants, so I'm like extra happy right now. I'm having a good day today. Oh my gosh, houseplants? What kind? Um, ooh, I can't. I got a fern and then another one that I don't even know the name of, but it was like velvety and I just fell in love with it, so I got it. And it was three bucks, so. Oh, yeah, of course. Treat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Treat yourself, exactly. Um, so tell the listeners like what have you been doing these past couple of months I know you just graduated which is a huge accomplishment so first of all congratulations uh yeah so yeah what's been going on um so quarantine's been kind of boring but also fun because I've gotten to do a lot of hobbies that like I haven't really dived into so now like I got into embroidery crochet house plants but I still like wish I could be doing something social you know what I mean like I miss actually like going out but I'm having a fun time at home too because now I, I feel like if I watch a movie or a tv show I'm like I'm saving lives staying home when I'm just I bumming mean- it at home <laughs> <laughs> totally I I think um with just having to stay inside um it it made me really realize how much I took for granted little things like that Like, cause now as much as I wish it wasn't affecting me in this way, like if I get into even like the slightest bit of a crowd, I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know, (laughs) you know? And so I don't even know what kind of psychological effects this is going to have on our generation. Um, So let's see what happens. Um, (laughs) But uh, besides, um, you know, being inside, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you studied? Uh, stuff like that. I love learning about what people decided to do as their undergrad. So I started off studying biology and I actually stuck to it because it wasn't until like towards the very end where I was like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. But I like was already finished with it. So I was like, okay, I might as well just complete the major. So I got that out of the way. And then I started to study psychology and social behavior. So then I also majored in that. Um, and then for fun, I was like, okay, well, I, I kind of, I took a class for gender and sexuality studies for fun as a GE and I really liked it. So then I just kind of went with it and decided to get a minor for that. Cause luckily having taken like APs in high school, it got a lot of GEs out of the way. So I had extra time to have a minor and I didn't mind, um, doing those classes because they were really interesting. So yeah, that's yeah. cool. Oh my goodness. Once I realized that all of those were kind of very different subjects, um, I also realized that at the core of it all was public health. So Mm -hmm. now a part of me is like, dang, I should have just 
studied public health, but at the same time, now like the umbrella of things that I've studied is so wide. So that's really helpful for Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you ever wanted to, you know, do a master's or a PhD or anything Mm -hmm. like that, you could always do public health. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad you figured it out because honestly, choosing something to study, I, I just winged it. I didn't know that sounds awful. I was just like, sure, I'll study this. (laughs) Um, so, you know, but, um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so back to the twilight train, um, just to give y'all a little bit of background. So Twilight was a whole phenomenon, you know, at the peak of its popularity. Um, It's based on a book by Stephanie Meyer that became, you know, the series, I believe there are four books, right? Four books, five movies, right? The whole splitting the last one in two to make more money. I see you, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I would argue that it's having a like rebirth via social media, like on TikTok, it's a whole thing. If you're on the Twilight side of TikTok, like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, opening weekend, it broke records. It made Twilight the highest grossing film directed by a woman at the time, uh, Catherine Hardwick. And it brought this idea that we could romanticize supernatural creatures that the media had originally intended for us to, like, fear, like, you know, Dracula. And yeah. I don't even know, you know, all these things that are supposed to be super scary. Um you know, it put Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson like on the Hollywood map. They weren't necessarily. Yeah, I don't think they were necessarily like unknowns. They had been doing other projects, big projects, you know, like I know Robert Pattinson did the Harry Potter uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 yeah, Kristen Stewart did a bunch of like feature films, but this was like the first one to really like, well, not the first one, but her like huge box office like movie for her. Yeah, um, she's definitely more of like an indie actress. Yeah. And she still kind of is, but this one was one that like unintentionally, I guess, kind of yeah. blew because, up for her. Yeah. Cause it's still I feel like if you watch Twilight, like the first one, it still has that feel. It's very indie. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, I will we'll, we'll touch on that. <laughs> I understand why she would have been gravitated towards this project. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's been interesting having to I rewatched the film again for the purpose of the podcast. Um and watching Kristen and Robert uh, in so many other projects since it's just weird to see them back, you know, in these like roles. I also can't look at Robert Pattinson the same. I watched the Netflix film, um, The Devil All the Time. I don't know if you've watched it. I haven't. Oh my goodness. He is like, without spoiling anything for anybody that does want to watch it, it is so dark and it's really scary. Um, so I was just like, wow. Um, if you want to see Robert Pattinson do amazing acting, not to say that his acting in Twilight isn't amazing, but if you want to see like some high caliber acting, I would suggest um, The Devil All the Time on Netflix. Um, what else did I? Oh, I could spring. I have some fun facts, but I feel like I could sprinkle that in as we go. Um, so, Daisy, questions for you. So, did you watch Twilight when it came out in the theaters? Actually, no, which is surprising because I like in middle school, like I was known and I made it known that I loved Twilight, which looking back, I'm like, wow, maybe as an 11 year old, I probably should have been reading those books. But um, I like got into the books after the first one had blown up 
because that's what kind of piqued my curiosity. I was like, well, what is this? Why is everyone talking about this? And then I read it over winter break. But by then, like the movie wasn't even in theaters anymore. So I actually never got to see the first one in theaters. But after that, like you would catch me there like Friday or Thursday night when it premiered. Like I would definitely be in the theaters like watching that. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, okay. So you, did you read all of the books? Yeah. Okay. Several times too, but my memory is kind of bad. So <laughs> I only remember like the very like nonsensical things like, okay, Alice predicted the lottery and that happened to be why they were also rich. Like, why do I remember that? But can't remember like Edward's actual backstory. Don't know why. <laughs> No, totally. I remember I would bring my books, would, whichever one I would be, because I I was like you. I, I started reading the books after the first one like blew up. And I'm pretty sure I read all of the books before New Moon came out. So like I was done with the series by the time the second film oh, came around. I see. Um, so I would be the little the little girl because we were that's weird, like middle school children bringing my giant novel to <laughs> English class to read it for like silent reading time. And yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> I wasn't the only one for sure. I was like one of like 10 girls with the Twilight book. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's such a weird, weird time. Um, OK, another question. How many times do you think you've seen it? You've seen Twilight since its original release. Like, could you guess? This is actually so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I had a sticky note inside of my, I'm telling you, like I was a diehard Twilight fan when I was younger. um, And I had a sticky note inside of my DVD. So whenever I would watch it, I would tally it. And like, I stopped tallying it. But I know for a fact, my tallies, were the last number that I remember tallying was 17. (laughs) So so it's probably like 20 now because after that like I probably watched it like once every couple of years. Yeah. Probably like 20. Oh my gosh. Do you still have that post-it? Probably yeah. Oh my gosh Daisy you need to find it take a picture of it I need to put this on the Instagram like just the little <laughs> post-it with all the little tick marks um oh my god that is so hilarious wow um yeah I I mean I don't think I've seen it the same amount that you have but I definitely watched it enough that I it's my it's one of my comfort movies that like I can put on if I just need something in the background to just like fill uh yeah. space um, so yeah, I, I think I've watched it enough that I could like say some lines, you know, like when they come oh, up, I'm like, <laughs> so, well, we, we, we are definitely well-versed in this film. Um, so <laughs> do you have any thoughts before we go into our, our I'm going to say loose plot, uh, analysis, because I know we're going to talk a lot and I don't want to be like, I don't want this episode to be like four hours. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, do you have anything to say before we go into it? I think I think I can honestly say that watching it this time around for the podcast was probably one of the first times that I tried to analyze as I watched, as opposed to like watching it as like a comfort movie in the background or being a teenager and watching it very superficially, being like, oh, Edward. Because now this time I was like, oh, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> um 
so yeah, it was a, it was interesting to rewatch it with like the intention of analyzing it today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's fantastic. I yeah, I feel like I did have to get out of that part of my head that's just like swooning the whole time for everyone, honestly. Yeah. Um <laughs> and for Charlie yeah. especially. It's Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So we start off this movie with Bella Swan played by Kristen Stewart, protagonist of the films. Um, She's like around 17 from Phoenix, Arizona. And her mom, Renee, she's like married to a, to a baseball player. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he like travels a lot. So they decided, you know what, maybe it's better if Bella just goes to stay with her dad for a little bit while her mom goes and travels with her uh, husband and uh, I the beginning like shot that switches from Arizona to Forks it's like oh the lighting's like nice and orangey and then it just turns into this it's like blue, blue. <laughs> like suddenly it's Instagram like 2010 or something. definitely I'm just like whoa what happened everything's blue um <laughs> I actually saw somebody on YouTube take uh Twilight and try to like color correct it so that it's like oh, wow. natural. <laughs> it just looks weird. I yeah, I I prefer it with its blue tint. Um, so yeah. Um, sorry, I lost track talking about the blue tint. Oh, I I had originally, even though again I've watched it so many times, I forget that they do use voiceover. They use Bella's voiceover, like not just at the beginning. Like she's like, I'm a new student in March yay like you know yeah (laughs) yeah like we actually get to hear her narrating to us Mm -hmm. yeah it's so very (laughs) yeah it's very odd um okay so I wanted to ask you about the whole dynamic between Charlie um and Bella so Charlie is Bella's dad I believe he's the sheriff of the town so I remember when I first watched this movie I I was just kind of mad at Bella for some reason. Like, I'm like, why is she like so weird? Like, this is her dad. And like, I don't know. I just didn't understand like the depth of the relationship and like why it's so awkward. So like, how did you perceive? I'm going to ask you how you perceived it this time around that you were like watching out for things. Um, I think this time, like I can definitely see Charlie's perspective a lot more um, just because like, he, you could tell he was really excited to have his daughter there. And she was just so nonchalant. Like, she couldn't really care. She was just like, yeah, my hair is long now. And Charlie's over here, like, yearning to hear what her life is like and to learn more about her, but, like, not really being able to express it himself. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just, oh, my heart for Charlie. It just, oh, I want to give him a hug because he's, like, really trying so hard. Yeah. So the relationship is definitely this like awkward kind of distant relationship and I think it's probably because both of them just don't really know how to like show their love towards each other and like the way they show it is like Bella heating up some fish for him or something you know (laughs) or like handing him a beer yeah yeah um so very quickly into the story Bella gets settled in to Charlie's house um and as a surprise he gets her a car to be able to drive around town which I was like what a thoughtful gift um I remember 
thinking this truck was the ugliest fucking car <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> I listen, I grew up on Sweet 16, like that MTV show. And so oh, when I think of like getting a car as a gift, I think of like a silver Lexus. You know? <laughs> so it's like, what the hell is this? What is this pumpkin? <laughs> what does it turn into a Lexus? This shitty ass truck. But honestly, I I I understand it like fits the aesthetic. It just fits um the look of everything. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking that truck was so ugly. But uh you know, Bella's thrilled, which is yeah. uh, you know, we, we see a lot of emotion from her in this scene. Um, and this is where we meet Jacob and Billy Black. Yeah. Did you watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl? No, I didn't. Uh, Daisy. I know. I feel like I missed out on some like amazing magical childhood thing. And now all I know from that is like big headed George Lopez memes. And I don't get them. (laughs) Oh, okay. First of all, I truly because you can't just make a movie like it has to go through so many channels and people. So I'm like, how did Shark Boy and Lava Girl even happen is my question. Regardless. And what 10 people said yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like people were like, ooh, you know what? I think it's just because Spy Kids were so popular and it was the same Mm -hmm. guy. So they're like, sure. Um, Anyway, sorry, this is not, (laughs) we're not talking about um, Spy Kids over here. But I had seen Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So as soon as Taylor Lautner was on the screen, I was like, that's Shark Boy. I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, because oh, it hadn't been that long. I think it'd been like two years. But yeah. when puberty hits, it hits. <laughs> so and it hit like, him hard. Yeah. I was like, what happened? What did you think of the wig? Uh, I think like twilight wigs in general like spanning all five movies like they're really a hit or miss and yeah. most of the time a myth like 80 <laughs> percent of the time a myth. um i think his wasn't that bad mm-hmm. like actually in all five movies of all the weeks that existed his in twilight wasn't as bad as it could have been you're right I agree but I I agree I think maybe it's because it was also like the first time we we got introduced to him so the expectations are like the bar set for wigs was pretty low yeah yeah Yeah. I don't even know what their budget was for this one but I'm I'm positive they made their money back by the tenfold Mm -hmm. um so a really interesting thing that I picked up from watching it this time around is that Again, I should have known this, but the fact that they do touch that Jacob and Bella have known each other since childhood, like they haven't ever been close friends because she just like stopped going to Forks for a really long time. But they introduce the fact that they have history. It's not a lot yeah. of history, but it's it is. Ties. <laughs> yeah, it exists. So I was like, OK, I I didn't realize that they had set it up that way. Like, oh, we know each other. We just haven't seen each other in a really long time. Um. He also mentions that he goes to school on the reservation, which brings in the whole reservation plot line that we don't really yeah. talk about. I mean, even the films don't really go too much into it. Yeah, I think I think it wasn't until like maybe the past two or three times I've seen the movie, probably two times, like I actually registered what that meant. Because mm-hmm. like as a kid, I wasn't really surrounded with like, indigenous life in like in the u.s and like how they have like reservations like 
schools and like the history of like schools like that like so hearing him talk about that now that I'm older I'm like wow there's actually like a lot of meaning behind him going to school there and not going to school in Forks that I it had just gone over my head as a kid totally totally I just I I thought that was interesting and I was like wow I I wish they had gone a little more into that because I remember even in the books, they don't really go too deep into it. They're just like, Jacob's a, oh, spoiler alert, Jacob's a werewolf and he has like powers, but like they don't go into like his roots and like yeah. the indigenous part of his background. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, but then again, the author is Stephanie Meyer. So like, I don't know how much background she has on that. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. probably just like, he's, that's a, personality trait there you go like I don't know mm-hmm. um okay so what do you think about Anna Kendrick as Jessica in I, the Twilight series that is like the cherry on top to me the fact that of all the humans we could have gotten for the story of Twilight well aside from Bella she's She's not as good as Jessica in my eyes to the plot of Twilight. Um, Like Anna Kendrick just nails it. Like you can see the envy that she has for Bella in such a way that she like hides it, but you can feel it. You know what I mean? It's tangible. Like the moment that Bella hits that ball on Mike's head boom she's there she's ready to be like I'm gonna involve myself in this conversation that has nothing to do with me but I'm here because I want you to know that that's my man yeah so, and then yeah like, and then Mike Mike asking Bella out to prom not prom to oh maybe yeah it was prom, prom. It yeah was prom. To prom before they're headed out to their little field trip thing um and Bella's like you should ask Jessica Oof. and he turns to the side boom Jessica's looking she's already <laughs> got her eyes on her man's like that is so funny to me I mean listen I love that in in high school like I totally understand the like obsession on a crush like I don't think I've ever had such an intense crush since like I don't know what it is if it's like the hormones or what's going on but like I could relate to Jessica and that like always watching kind of thing. Like, oh my God, that's like such a stalkery thing. But I feel like in high school, you're just like, well, we're always in proximity of each other. So like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. I think a good job of doing like, sorry. Of doing, no, 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 like, go ahead. Um, I think Anna Kendrick as Jessica does a really good job of doing that like stalkery crush thing with Mike in like a very like human way because Edward does the same thing but his is creepy like looking back his is creepy but Anna or Anna Kendrick's like as Jessica hers is very like endearing and you almost kind of want her to get her way even though she's kind of being spoiled about it yeah yeah I I love that they I mean I understand the um uh I was gonna say the appeal that's not the right word the strategy and storytelling of introducing her human friends first to be like, yeah. okay, these are the people and they're all wacky and like obsessed with her. Cause you know, it's such a small town that they're like a new person. Like this is crazy. Um, so she definitely gets that like celebrity treatment, but she's like, not about it. She hates it. She doesn't want all the attention on her. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, how did you feel about the scene where she finally sees the Cullens for the first time in the cafeteria? I am now I laugh at the scene. <laughs> I used to be like, oh my God, they're so beautiful. But now I really laugh when I see it. Cause like, I can just imagine what those teenagers felt as they were walking by. Cause I, I can put myself in their shoes and like be Bella and be like, whoa, they're so amazing. They're so cool. They're the popular kids, but not the popular kids that everyone knows, but the popular kids that are too popular for you to even talk to them. Oh yeah. And like, and just seeing the smiles on all of their faces as they're walking by, like the Cullens. I think that like, as someone who read the books, I know that they can hear like what they're saying. So even though Jessica and like all the humans are like whispering about them. They're laughing because they can actually hear them. And yeah. Edward is laughing even more because he can literally hear all their thoughts, all their like, like horny little thoughts. And like <laughs> all their like, oh my God, they're so hot thoughts. Like he consumes it all. Yeah. So now I laugh because it's like the idea of thinking that like you're whispering and you're talking about someone behind their back, but really mm-hmm. you have no idea that they're they're hearing every single little thing you're oh saying. My God. Like, that yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's really funny that you point that out. Because, yeah, totally. The first time I watched that, I was just like, wow, they're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's so embarrassing that they can hear everything. Um, I, I mean, yeah, the first time I'd seen it, I had already started reading the book. So at that point, I knew that they were all vampires and that, you know, they were a thousand years old well not a thousand years old but you know old yeah. people um did well no I guess I guess you were reading the books by the time you know what no I'm erasing that question from my brain okay moving on so um again you thought that the walking scene was funny so uh, what did you think about the biology Bella walking into the room and the fan hits her hair <laughs> and then Edward just like convulses his hand on his mouth and is freaking out yeah. I think like it I don't I don't even know what to think of that scene because a part of me is like why are you being this ridiculous man like get your shit together like if you're trying to not look like a monster because he swears he's a soulless monster Mm -hmm. like try a little harder you're like a hundred and something like I'm sure you can try a little bit harder but on the other hand like if you've been alive for like a hundred years and you've been able to keep yourself from eating humans for so long, I would probably be freaking out if someone walks into my life and is like unbearable. Like, like, could you imagine you've been living for that long and then suddenly like this weird pale Arizona girl walks in and you just can't control yourself. And he's like, I think he almost prides himself on being so self-controlled. Mm-hmm. So I can see why he acted out that bad. But also, like, men need to have a little more self-control. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading Midnight Sun, uh, which is the book in, like, Edward's perspective. And so this one scene, it's basically him, you know, freaking out, right? But there was a little part that I was like, yo, there's no way. So he's like, okay. So I have two choices. I either like book it out of here or I kill her, but I'm going to have to kill everybody in here too. And then I'm going to have to leave with my family because we can't stay in Forks if like 
I was in a room and the only survivor out of all these massacred children. And I was like, what is happening? Like, how, why were those your only two choices? Like, why can't you leave? Like, why was there another choice? It's just get wow. out. <laughs> so that's why the scene watching it back, I was like, oh my gosh, like, is that what was really going through his brain? Like, cause he like makes it through class holding his nose and then poor Bella she's like sniffing her hair and her like armpits <laughs> and being like oh my god do I reek like what's going on um so yeah that that scene as a whole is just so now it's funny but when I first watched it I was actually kind of freaked out because he's like mm-hmm. not saying anything but he's also like staring so intensely and she's like not looking at him at all so I was like is he gonna kill her I mean I I wasn't expecting like Cause I didn't know, um, when I first, cause I saw twilight, like the half, like half of the movie before I read the book. So at that point, I didn't even know he was a vampire. Oh, see, I actually wish I would have experienced that. Like experiencing the movie without knowing, like, like, I guess a plot twist that he's yeah. a vampire. Like, yeah, that would have been so cool to experience that plot twist. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> um, I literally wrote in my notes, I'm going to skip some scenes that I don't care about. <laughs> so I skipped a couple scenes I didn't care about. Um, oh, okay. I basically just wrote down. So after this biology moment, he like goes to the office, tries to get his class switched and they're like, no. And he's like, all right. And so he stops showing up to school for like, I don't remember if it was just like days or weeks. I don't remember actually. I don't know. Um, but he just like stopped showing up to school. Um, and then we get the scene where we finally get introduced to like the antagonists, which are like the other coven of vampires that aren't vegetarians, uh, (laughs) so-called. So like they do eat people and it's just this like security guy running from something. Um, and then he loses and dies. So we know that there's some evil people in this story as well. Um, I don't recall if, okay, am I tripping? They replaced Victoria in Eclipse, right? They did. I can okay. tell because those curls were not the same red curls. Yeah, yeah. I Okay, I was just making sure. I was like, she does not look like the same person. Um. Okay, so uh, what are your thoughts on the scene where Edward finally comes back to school and is like acting like nothing happened? We're all oh, good here. I swear, I think I genuinely feel like I like how do I explain this I genuinely feel like there were moments where Edward gaslit Bella that I didn't realize he was doing it because like in that moment he's almost like acting like like yeah what happened last time totally didn't happen hello I'm Edward like it almost like pushing that aside and there's other moments that like happen after this that Mm -hmm. he does it again yeah like when he well this kind of going a little bit more forward no go ahead go ahead um (laughs) when they're like in the hospital after he saved her from getting hit by the car Mm -hmm. and she was like you were all the way across the parking lot and suddenly Mm -hmm. you were next to me and he was like no you hit your head I was next to you the whole time and I was like you're lying to her you're making her believe things that aren't true yeah and um in like I guess it's his way of trying to save her quote unquote but is it really safe? I don't know. It's it's very complicated, but it, um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's very strange to say the least. How Edward is very quick to 
um, kind of like change the way that he's been perceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's very, he's very charming. You know, he's like, Hey, I'm Edward. You're Bella. Like, you know, there's this like small talk, all this stuff. Um, but again, this like very nice conversation and like whatever exercise they were doing in bio ends really abruptly when she's like, Hey, weren't your eyes like black the last time I saw you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, actually, it's the fluorescence. I think <laughs> I, oh, I, I wrote a note on this actually. Oh. Um, so right before that, like, I guess she, she mentioned like, I plan to confront him to confront Edward, which I thought was really unlike oh. Bella mm-hmm. to say that or to think that, um, because like the way we've been shown who she is, she seems very passive, mm-hmm. very like, oh, I guess you can put me on the newspaper kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess like people can kind of see me as a shiny new toy. She's mm-hmm. like very soft about everything. So to hear her say like, I want to confront Edward, I was like, oh, wow, I don't remember that. Oh, that was and, surprising. And then, um, then I wrote down, you can see Edward's genuine confusion of how to converse with humans when he's asking her about why she moved to Forks. Oh. Like, the way that they were talking in that biology um, thing, Mm -hmm. like, you can see he was so confused and he couldn't even follow, like, human logic of conversation. Yeah. Because he would would ask her, like, oh, so now you're sad? And she's like, no, I'm not sad. I didn't say I was sad. Like, I'm she's basically like I'm chilling he's just so confused and I think it's funny because it's almost like he's had it all in the sense of like knowing everyone's motives Mm -hmm. knowing everyone's intentions and all their thoughts literally everything and so now he's finally almost experiencing what it's like to be human again Mm. which he doesn't really see himself as because he sees himself as a monster and so I can see why he's so attracted to Bella in the sense of like, yes, she's like aromatically attractive, but also <laughs> it, it it must bring him back to that feeling of what it's like to be human. Yeah, to like actually worry about slipping up and saying the wrong thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Going back, well, no, not I guess going forward to what you had mentioned of like Bella having to be saved by Edward. So yeah, she's like in the parking lot listening to music. And I guess in Forks, it like snows and rains and it's like slippery all the time. And so a guy like almost crashes into her car and like crushes her. Um, But Edward saves the day and, you know, pushes this van off of her. Um, So I remember watching that scene now and I don't know what effects they use. I think it, it was just like practical effects. Like they just like dented the car and filmed it in reverse so that it looked like he was like pushing it but anyway long story short I was surprised at how like how it still looked good to me like it didn't look silly or campy in the way that the car crashes into his hand I was expecting it to feel weird or just like like outdated oh my god Oh, yes. Like when they run, like it doesn't feel that gross. No, the running effect. I'm sorry. It looks so cringy. No. Yeah. <laughs> running cringy, pushing the pushing the van, not cringy. Yeah, that's, that's cringy. actually surprising. <laughs> totally. Um, so talking about, you know, Bella uh, 
and her car accident. Um, she gets taken to the hospital where we meet Dr. Cullen um, Carlisle for the first time. And this is where my fun fact comes in. I've been saving it for this. So <laughs> I went on my very trusty source, Wikipedia, and I read that when <laughs> Stephanie Meyer was writing Twilight, she imagined Edward as Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill oh. plays Superman. He was in Alona Holmes, played Sherlock, you know, very handsome. So that's like the vision she had when she thought of Edward. And when casting came, like when it came time to cast this film, he was the number one on the list. But when they had him like come in to like audition or whatever, he looked just a little too old to pass as high school. Like he just couldn't, you know, yeah. a little too husky, not husky, like too built then again Emmett is in there so I don't know what they were talking about but I guess just like facially he looked too old and so um when they were like okay well he can't play Edward but you know what we should offer him the role of Carlisle he could play Carlisle and so they offered him that role straight up and he said no (laughs) wow (laughs) so I don't necessarily know if he wanted to be in the movie at all um, but even when they offered offered him straight up without audition, the Dr. Cullen part, he said no, which I think is hilarious. It, it's a loss for me because I think Henry Cavill is really good looking and just like cool. Um, so yeah, it, that's what could have been if he had said <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, um, we I didn't write down the actor's name who plays Carlisle. Peter Fascinelli. What is his name? Sorry. Peter Fetchinelli, I think. Okay. I don't have to say his last name, but his, his first name is Peter. Peter. Yeah. So I we've on a first name basis. <laughs> Us and <laughs> Pete, you know. Um, I think Peter does a really good job as Carlisle Cullen. Like I believe him when it's like, yes, yeah. I'm the father of this like coven. Um, but I I feel like out of all of them, he looks the most vampire y to me. Like, I don't know. He just looked extremely pale. And I don't know if it's just because his hair was so icy blonde that I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, this guy does not look human. (laughs) Like, something's (laughs) up. Um, And the fact that I I believe he's supposed to be around Charlie's age, right? I think so. Like, nearing? Wait, actually, I feel like he's supposed to be 26 or something. What the heck? I thought he was supposed to be like 10 years Okay, know, yes. Let's up. do a quick Google. How old is Carla supposed to be? His physical age is 23. That's our age. That's freaking crazy. Wait, how old is he supposed to is he like supposed to pass for? Like a 17-year-old's father, right? It's like Yeah, so I think I think he's supposed to pass as older, but the age he's stuck at, like when he turned is 23. 23. Yo, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember in New Moon. Edward says something like, oh, he's supposed to, he looks 10 years younger than he's supposed to. So I think he's supposed to be like in his mid thirties or something mm. nearing 40. So like, yeah, that looks suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And again, we, we go back to what you said about Edward getting like really gaslighty about saving Bella and Bella's like, bruh, how did you get to me so fast? And he's like, nah, you're seeing things, which I was like, mm. And I also remember Rosalie being at the hospital. Oh, she yeah. She was the only other one that was there, and she looked pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so mad. 
And um, if you've read the books, you'd know that Rosalie was intended to be Edward's mate, Mm -hmm. but he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And so I feel like ever since then, she's always had like resent, even if she because she has Emmett and they're like super happy together and all this stuff. But I feel like just the fact that she even when she was a human was like so vain and like all about outer beauty. She just has this resentment of him not wanting her and wanting this like rando pale Arizona, (laughs) (laughs) you know? I think it's also like, she never even asked to be turned. Like at all. So I think like she's still even bitter that she's there and infertile because she really wants to have like a baby. So she's like, if she could, if she could like, if she, oh, I think I, I saw someone on TikTok even say this, <laughs> um, but they said that like she would trade, she would trade Emmett and like give him away mm-hmm. for the chance to like be human again. Like, yeah, like to her, Emmett is disposable if it means mm-hmm. she could be human. Oh, yeah, totally. And I could see that. I could totally see her doing that. Yeah. She'd be like, you know what? Yeah. I get a second shot. Bye. <laughs> I think, yeah. So it, like that bitterness is just like in everything and anything. Ingrained. And we get to sure. see it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So after this, we, we have the field trip scene where they go. I don't even know where this field trip is. They go to some like garden, greenhouse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But again, uh, we get we get the scene you were talking about before where Mike asks is it Mike? Yeah. Mike asks yeah. Bella to prom and she's like, I'm going to be out of town. Cause she's a nice girl. She doesn't want to be like, I don't want to go with you. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I'm not even going to be there. You should ask Jessica that whole thing. And Edward is like lurking in the background. And I creepy. was like, yeah, creepily <laughs> like, cause again, we have to remember he can read minds. So he's yeah. standing close in proximity to be like, what the heck's going on here? And then I noticed that he smirks as soon as Bella says, oh, I'm going to be out of town anyway. And he yeah. like smiles. I'm like this. <laughs> like I haven't read Midnight Sun, but I can only mm-hmm. imagine his like satisfaction of hearing Mike's disappointment. Oh, he hates him in Midnight Sun. He's like, he is the most annoying person ever. <laughs> and Mike feels the same way because he can read Mike's thoughts and the whole time he's just like I hate Edward (laughs) like I hate him (laughs) he's so you know um and so we have this like awkward well I mean this whole relationship's awkward but like Edward trying to be in proximity to her be close to her but not be friends with her um you know honestly that those were the red flags of a toxic relationship right then and there because even the way that like he speaks with her when she like trips mm-hmm. and he's like you need to watch what you're doing or like I don't even know what he said exactly yeah but it like it just sounded very rude and mm-hmm. just like I don't know like I know that Stephanie Meyer wants this whole like concept of like love is sacrifice and mm-hmm. love is protection mm-hmm. um which like also has to do with Jesus but like we'll get there <laughs> Um, and like it's very weird to see how like in that moment we were supposed to see that as like charming and endearing Mm -hmm. because he's trying to protect her and be like you need to get your stuff together yeah you like you're not like slipping because you could like die or something yeah (laughs) um but it it honestly just comes off like a red flag now yeah have been being like yeah and then when she like they're talking at the end 
and she like tries to get on the bus and Alice is like, oh, are you getting on the same bus? And he's like, no, it's full. I'm like, Jesus, guy is yeah. so mean. Like, and I wouldn't like, be interested in somebody who's like an asshole. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then after this, I, I feel like we get introduced to the idea that, um, again, you're not supposed to know that Jacob and his whole family are like descendants of werewolves. But we know that. And if you didn't know, now you know. Um, and we get this first uh, introduction to the idea that the werewolves and the vampires don't get along. Not, not that they don't like, they're, they're civil, but they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. When Bella and her friends go to La Push, to the beach. Yeah. And again, Edward talks to Bella and she like is still interested and like trying to like do something. So she's like, you should come with us. You should come to like the beach and he's like well what part of the beach and as soon as she says la push he's like oh i i can't go <laughs> but he was down like he was yeah. he was like interested in going and then she's like oh it's this beach and he's like oh i can't um so that's like the whole territory thing i didn't like do much uh i was going to say research even when i watched the movies i didn't really pay attention too much to like why the territory thing existed um do you remember why was it just to separate from each other I think it's because like the Quileute tribe knew that the Cullens were like what was it like cold blooded or yeah like the cold the cold ones yeah Yeah. the cold ones so they knew that they were dangerous and they didn't Mm -hmm. want like a massacre to happen to their people right so they just created a treaty line a border between both of them so that they wouldn't cross they're like Um, we don't want to see you (laughs) yeah like we want to protect our own people Mm -hmm. so like go kill all of those other settlers that like (laughs) live in washington but not us not us though uh yeah um and we get another random death scene but i guess it's not that random this time it's this guy who is charlie's friend and talks to him and bella at the diner I don't know if you remember this guy who was like, I played Santa when you were little. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Santa. <laughs> yeah. And I, I felt bad for this one because they gave him like some sort of backstory and connection to mm-hmm. Bella and Charlie. So when he dies, I was like, dang, it's getting more personal. Like it's getting yeah. closer to the, you know, main people of the story. But this is when we meet the three vampires that are killing humans, which is James Victoria and Laurent, um, all gorgeous, very good looking, but you know, that's just part of the vampire, um, aesthetic. I remember actually being kind of (laughs) like, I thought James was very handsome, but the fact that he was shirtless, I don't know what about that. Just like turn off. Yeah. I was like, why is the shirt off? Isn't it? I mean, I was going to say, isn't it cold? Um, a very stupid (laughs) question. (laughs) um yeah vampires don't get cold but you know it's the whole forks thing and like the guy in the boat is wearing like three jackets and a scarf so just seeing him shirtless threw me off I was like "Mm, this is uncomfy Mm -hmm. um so yeah he dies and I I think I skipped a bunch but um Bella wants to know more about the myths or whatever that she's been told so she wants to find a bookstore um and the nearest one is in Port Angeles, 
which comes into conversation with her and her human friends because um, there's this very sunny day in Forks and all the students are like out on the lawn and like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sunbathing or whatever. And we find out that the Cullens don't go to school when it's nice. Um, but I, I found it really interesting how they had the smartest excuse. They're like, oh yeah, like I believe Jessica's like their parents take them out to hike and stuff when it's nice try that um, out on my parents yeah I wish my parents yeah and then Angela's like can they adopt me or something <laughs> um okay so yeah anyway the the whole uh idea of prom and stuff also comes into conversation um which is why they decide to go dress shopping in Port Angeles and Bella tags along because that's where the bookstore is alternative um, motives already I, yeah. like not caring about her human friends <laughs> totally and being obsessive about this totally. one relationship yes red flag another Correct. one yeah because when she's in the dress shop with her friends they're trying out all these dresses and they're like how does this look Bella and she's like good and they're like Brett you said that about the yeah. last like 10 dresses I was like yeah that's not very she's not being an active friend <laughs> Mm -hmm. um but yeah like she leaves when they realize that um she's just not interested in the dresses she wants to go to this bookstore um so yeah she gets her book and after this is when we get our next big dramatic scene yeah this scene I will say scared the shit out of me as a kid like I just the idea of like how real it is to be just like a female and like walking around at night like that's Mm -hmm. just so scary and the fact that like the worst case scenario happens that like a dude start like harassing her and stalking her um but you know as soon as they start getting a little too close uh what what kind of car does edward drive a volvo i don't know And it looks so tiny. They changed it. Yeah. He has like a tiny little car in the first one, but then in the others, he has like a massive Volvo. And I'm just like, well, that would have looked cooler whipping around. And that's like if I whipped around in my little like like a mini Cooper, like just like whipped (laughs) into the scene. Um, but yeah, Edward comes to her rescue and he like gets out of the car and is super like I don't even know how to describe this moment. How would you describe this? Edward, come, he's, it goes back to like this very possessive, protective love. I don't even call it love, but that's what Stephanie Meyer is trying to get. Us <laughs> yeah. um, and he's like, so just like, I don't know, like this is, I feel like this is the epitome of what, of what Stephanie wants us to see as like this masculine like protective figure that you should strive for because like not only did he save her but he did it in a very like surprising way like Mm -hmm. in the moment where you're most vulnerable he comes out of nowhere yeah it's not like it's not like oh they were like holding hands and like someone came up to them and he Mm -hmm. went like like, oh no no you don't this is like him coming from like god knows where driving down at 100 miles per hour in a tiny little volvo and then <laughs> whipping around and doing a whole scene and then snarling at the guy oh, like, yeah. what yeah and then he like 
almost runs them over. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I, I can't get over the fact I just had to bring up the Volvo thing because it's just <laughs> no, like if you had, I don't know. Um, maybe it's just like the stereotype of like a tiny car, but whatever. Um, so long story short, they like drive away together. Um, they have dinner. Uh, sorry, I'm like speeding through this, but they have dinner. He like admits that he can read minds and it's like, so just like nonchalant. Like, he's just like, oh yeah, like I can read minds. And she's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like there was no lead up. Like, how is it? How is it that like he like openly says this? What I forgot. Without, but he's like, like, uh, oh, he just... I because she asks him like how he knew where she was, and so I, then I think she, he has to dive into the idea that like he could read everybody's mind around her except her, and then she's like, "Oh, is there something wrong with me?" And he's like, "Girl, I just told you I could read minds, and like you think yeah. you're messed up." So I think that's how it comes into the conversation. But, but it's um, still so weird. Like, how yeah. is he going to be vulnerable about, like, something <laughs> so not human yeah. to this girl? Yeah. And they've been talking for, like, two days. Well, not, like, two days. But, like, oh if you compile it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that would never happen. <laughs> yeah, that would never. Yeah. And he's also, like. I like can't stay away from you anymore. I was like, bro, <laughs> what? Like if someone said that to me, I wouldn't be enamored. I'd be so freaked out. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, like how are you any better than those guys who are just trying <laughs> to attack me? Seriously. Because um, you do it with charm? Okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he's a rich boy and he's <sighs> it's, he's cute. So he's, he has all that going for him. Um, so yeah, after this, um, she does her research from her books that almost got her killed. Um, and she starts reading about the cold ones and the mystical vampires. And, you know, I guess in her mind, she starts checking all the boxes like, oh, yeah, he's all these things. His skin is really cold. Um, all this fun, fun stuff. Um, okay, after this, we get these the, the iconic forest scene where you know the the I know what you are thing. Say it out loud. <laughs> oh my gosh! I remember this being everywhere when this movie came out. Like SNL did a sketch on it. Like yeah. it was a whole thing. Um, I I feel like this is the part where I appreciated that Stephanie Meyer was like, okay, we're gonna make him a vampire, but a very beautiful, like. Um, I don't know, intriguing vampire because this is when we find out he could sparkle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure also- I saw. Oh, go ahead. No, you first. You first. Oh, I was just gonna say. I remember after this, there was merch everywhere that said, "I like boys that sparkle." I was <gasps> like, <laughs> "That's so true." It was a whole thing. Um, I was just gonna add that this was like the moment where we actually get to see the amount of insecurities that Edward has about himself. Oh yeah. Because and it's massive. It's not yeah. just like, yeah, I don't think I'm that cute. <laughs> it's like I'm a monster 
you shouldn't like me. You should stay away from me. But I'm going to be right next to you. But you should stay away exactly. from me. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Dana. I could murder you. <laughs> but I don't want to. But I might. So you should but stay I, away from me. But <laughs> I won't stay away from you. And it's like, <laughs> get, like, what is going through your head, Edward? Uh, yeah. Uh, the, as if you could outrun me. <laughs> and, and he, like, rips a tree from its roots. It's just so dramatic, y'all. Like, Oh my gosh. It's yeah, just a lot. It's really sad to hear like how much hatred he has for mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. It's just really, really sad, honestly. Yeah. Ooh. But at the same time, I mean, not, not that it's not sad, but I, I think out of all of this, the scenes in the film, this is the one that I found uh, the most peace with, not when he's like screaming and all that stuff, <laughs> but afterwards when they're like lying in the meadow and then they're just oh, yeah. like staring at each other because the score is gorgeous. Like I'm trying to give mm-hmm. the movie the props it deserves because the score is gorgeous. These shots are just like ethereal. But um, I saw that this meadow scene was filmed on a golf course. <laughs> so they're like <laughs> on like a tiny patch of golf course and they put like all these little flowers and then they're just staring at each other. I mean, listen, if I was getting paid thousands of dollars to stare lovingly into someone else's eyes, like I would have no issue. But like <laughs> it's like without the score, I could see that being really awkward. <laughs> just being like, hey, what's, what's going on? Um, yeah. So after this, I feel like the the plot of the movie starts picking up intensely because they finally like go to school and like are out as a couple like officially yeah um, I felt enough. a lot of satisfaction in this scene <laughs> when I watched it for the first time I was like yeah yeah the music is so good the music for them walking together yeah chef's kiss it's absolutely amazing like I could only wish I could have had a moment in high school <laughs> where I walked down the halls like that <laughs> also his his sunglasses and his like black jacket like I was like Mm-hmm. He, he that that was on purpose like he was like I'm gonna wear an outfit yeah. today <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah um what did I write here sorry I wrote a little tab that said quick stuff and I don't know why I wrote that let me find out why Da-da-da-da-da-da. oh it's like when um I just jotted down some facts that Edward says when him and Bella are talking about like how he turned or like why mm-hmm. yeah um so we find out that he was changed in 1918 because he was dying of the Spanish influenza. I don't know why I'm laughing. I think it's just like current events. Are yeah. Sorry. Um, so when he said that he had been 17 for a while, he was not joking. He's like a hundred something, 107. No, a hundred. And I don't know how, how old he is, but he's a hundred for I think sure. He just turned 116. Whoa. <laughs> um, Oh, Okay, this was interesting, Um, both in the film and in the books, when we get introduced to the idea that not all vampires have special gifts like Edward does, Um, because I I don't understand the um, the I the strategy there in terms of storytelling of like some vampires getting gifts and others not. Maybe it was just to like avoid being like the X-Men or something like we (laughs) all have. But then again, they all still have like powers right like super strength oh, super so strength yeah right yeah. so i'm like i don't know what the um the idea was with that 
Um, so yeah, he tells her, I can read minds. My sister Alice can see the future. Like, who gave him the right to out all his family like that? That's so true. <laughs> I would probably be just as bitter as Rosalie if, like, I heard that he was telling this little human girl everything about us. Maybe he was just like, I've been sitting on some cheese for freaking years <laughs> and, like, finally I have someone to tell it to. So maybe that's why he was just like, I'm going to tell you all the secrets. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Like, I just, yeah. Um... Yeah, and then he invites Bella to meet the family, which is another one of my most favorite scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, just because we finally see, like, all the Cullens in their element in their own home. Um, What did you think about them cooking for her? It was very cute. It was very cute of them to try. Um, And I I think it just reminds me of similarly to how Edward must have felt so, like, confused by Bella in conversation and trying to, like, hold a conversation with a human this was a moment where now the entire family is feeling what it's like to be human and to like do very like yeah everyday things <laughs> they're having fun doing I guess well except Rosalie that's a whole other thing yeah but it's, it's really cute to see them like trying to be human I think it's really adorable that we get to see that little like glimpse, yeah. glimpse of them being compassionate totally and um there's just like the little foreshadowing of um what's his face jasper being like still so new to not eating oh. humans that he's like so like freaked out the whole time um because if you have seen new moon you know what goes down with jasper and bella at the beginning of that one so i i, I wrote down the fact that his whole like um new the fact that he was so new to being quote-unquote yeah. vegetarian um really bites him in the butt he has two personality traits. One is that one that they introduced <laughs> right then and there, which is like, oh, he's new. He looks like Edward's scissor hands. And then number <laughs> two being a Confederate soldier. And those are his only personality traits. Uh, okay, can we talk about the fact that he didn't have a Southern accent in this movie? <laughs> like it comes, they because he has a bigger like part in Eclipse. And so he has to talk more and yeah. his like Southern drawl came out of nowhere. I was like, you did not talk like this in Twilight. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, very, very interesting for Jasper. Um, blah, 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 blah. Skipping so much. Uh, okay. The baseball thunderstorm scene. What are your thoughts? Hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I felt so cool when I heard that song for the first time. Yeah. Supermassive Black Hole. Black Hole, yeah, by Muse. Actually, I could could remember the moment of, like, listening to the Twilight soundtrack and that being the moment that introduced me to, like, pop punk and alternative music (laughs) and Paramore and, like, literally... Every, like, not everything, but, like, English music in general, because I grew up listening to Latinx music. Oh, my gosh. So, like, Twilight really introduced me to, like, white culture. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't know if that's, like, a thing. Um, and I was just, like, blown away. I was, like, oh, my gosh, Paramore. Oh, my gosh, Muse. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know, a bunch of other bands that were, like, a part of the Twilight soundtrack. Totally. And that's one of the best soundtracks of a movie ever in my opinion yeah i'm still mad i'm pretty sure decode by um paramore isn't on spotify or any of the streaming platforms i'm like this is should be illegal yeah um 
But yeah, this scene is so cool. It's all the vampires playing baseball during a thunderstorm because that's the only time they could play because when they like crack the bat on the ball, it just makes this giant sound. Uh, So it's their cover, which I thought was really clever and really cool. Um, Can we talk about the way that Alice pitches a ball? Hot. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful that I'm like, if she was throwing that ball at me, she could just kill me because I wouldn't be paying attention. I would just be staring at her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, with the kick and everything. Amazing. Uh Um, Okay. So again, this is where the plot just gets insane as if it wasn't already crazy. Um, those like three villain, I don't want to say villainous vampires. Cause I guess in like their narrative, they're just like living their life. Yeah. Um, you know, but in, in Bella's story, they're the villains. These three vampires that have been killing hoes left and right in forks show up to their game. And, you know, Edward tries to like hide Bella but like, bruh, you're in, you're all vampires and she's the one human. Like, how, how are they not going to like smell her was mm-hmm. my thing. Um, so, yeah, uh, James, out of all of them, is the one that like instigates the like, ooh, she's a human. Let's eat her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they're like, bruh, you cannot. She's with us. Um, and they dip. But then Edward's like, oh, James is a tracker. So I guess that's his like extra power. power. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that one's not really that developed. Like that was kind of a cop out. Yeah, she. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like a tracker. So I guess in the way that Edward explains it in the movie, it's just like he's so he's like not going to give up until he sucks Bella's blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that so that meant that she and her family were in danger. You're in danger. Um, okay. Now we're coming to my least favorite scene in the film. <laughs> it makes me shed one tear every single time. I already know exactly what scene you're just talking it's, about. I feel like Daisy and I are on the same page when like we stand Charlie, like one of the best mm-hmm. characters in the Twilight saga. Yeah, so, the only non-toxic one. Yeah, honestly. I mean he just like really grounds it. He's like a real person. Yeah. Um And so, yeah, so Bella has to leave in order to keep Charlie safe because she doesn't want anything to happen to him. Um, So she enters the house with the story that her and Edward have broken up and she's heartbroken. And, you know, she leaves with the pretext that she doesn't want to be stuck in forks forever like her mother was. Yeah. Uh, And he's and she says it just with such like hate. And all this, I don't, it's just awful because as soon as Charlie hears it, you just know that Renee said the same thing when she decided to like separate from him. Like Um, that's a wound that probably never quite like closed. And she just like threw a pound of salt in that wound of Charlie's soft little heart. She threw a pound of salt put alcohol lit it on fire like just horrible and he he just lets her go I was like bruh this is so sad um so yeah eventually they like all get together at the Cullen house and like devise a plan and like everyone's game except um uh oh my gosh Rosalie Rosalie. (laughs) yeah like she's down to help 
um well no she's not down to help which i understand now um watching it back as i was older because i was like yeah like why is she gonna sacrifice the safety of herself and her family for this one rando like mm-hmm. i i can understand that like what the heck like i'm not gonna do this for you i don't know you um but i believe bella ends up leaving with alice and jasper to mm-hmm. arizona i thought it was interesting how like carlisle was immediately like you have to do this because she is family now she's with edward so she's family now yeah also goes back to like stephanie and mormonism but like (laughs) isn't that like that's so that like that's a, a family value that's like so intense that like it's not like, oh, they're just dating. So like, we have to be nice to Bella yeah. because we care about Edward. It's not yeah. even that. It's yeah. like, Bella is family. Mm-hmm. You sacrifice for family. Yeah. And it's like, dang, Rosalie's just like living under his roof, I guess. Yeah. She's like, for sure. Um. So yeah, so Bella ends up leaving with Alice and Jasper to like a hotel in Arizona or something. Um. And the other vampires are just taking Bella's articles of clothing and like putting the scent like all over the place so that it confuses um, James. Um, And so when I, I don't remember what I thought the first time I watched the scene where Jasper, Alice and Bella are in the hotel room and she starts getting the visions of the ballet studio. Um, I recall thinking that, like, do you think that her drawing ability comes with her future ability? Because I was like, whoa, this is crazy. That's this always sketch. Thought. Yeah. I've always wondered that, actually. Because I remember seeing that and being like, wow, she's such a good artist. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't actually remember if at any point there was something in the books that explained it. But at the same time, like, she's been around for a while I'm sure she could have like had art lessons or taught herself because like imagine having the ability to like see the future and not express yourself like I would have taught myself to draw because I would have been so frustrated yeah so yeah that's so true yeah so she like draws this dance studio and Bella's like oh yeah that looks like this one place I used to take lessons at and like I feel like you could just see their fear in their faces. They're like, oh shit. Like you've been here. Like you know where this is. She's like, yeah. Um, and then I, I she like Bella gets a call from James and it makes it sound like he's taken Renee and she's like been kidnapped and that she's asking Bella for help. So Bella uh being naive. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was gonna say Bella being selfless but you are you are very right that was a dumb bitch move like I don't know why she thought that she could fight I don't know like because even if she tried to call her mom actually I think she did or like her mom's cable cord charger ran away so she couldn't call her mom or something yeah I remember her being like, I remember her calling Renee and being like, hey, mom, like, I'm going to Arizona. Like, I'm fine. Um, are you home? Like, she's asking that. So she she hasn't gotten into, like, real contact with her up until this phone call. So she's like, my mom's going to die if I don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, but dumb because she's a human. So, like, what the heck? Against a vampire, what are you doing? <laughs> but she leaves. 
she leaves Alice and Jasper um, and she goes to this dance studio. <laughs> and I had forgotten how freaking like James is creepy in general, but like he brought a camera with him to like, OK, sorry. Before we go into this, she gets to the dance studio and she realizes that her mom isn't kidnapped, that James just like had a Surprise. VHS. <laughs> Come on, Bella. Yeah, he just like had a weird VHS of her and her mom talking and he was just like looping a part of the video over the phone and Bella was dumb enough to fall for it. Um, So yeah, but James brings like an old camcorder and is like filming himself torturing Bella. Um, From what it sounds like, it was like for his own pleasure, but also to like show Edward. And I was like, bro, this guy is sick. Like he's not yeah, just he's evil. Like he's like, yeah, this is like another level. Um, and okay, do you remember him breaking her leg? Yeah. I feel like I repressed that for some reason. I was like, oh damn! Like mm-hmm. I, I remember her in the cast at prom, but I thought it was just from like everything going on yeah. that she just happened to like fall or something. Mm-hmm. But nah, my girl got her leg broken in like two places. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, long after that, I'm pretty sure, like, right as he breaks her leg, Edward shows up and is like, the fight, the fight of fights is about to go down. Honestly, I feel like this fight went by really fast. Like, yeah, there wasn't much struggle, I don't think. Like, it's it's kind of strange to see that, like, the climax of this plot just, like, really... Like, I don't know, like it was so short and then the fight was also just as short because I feel like for most, like most of the plot was just them getting to know each other, not even getting to know each other, them just like awkwardly staring at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Uh And then like this fight scene was a lot shorter than anticipated, which is flash forward to Eclipse, why Eclipse is one of my favorites because it's a lot more action oriented. Oh, for sure. Twilight's very like lovey-dovey quote quote toxic love (laughs) um and isn't an action movie I guess yeah but it could have been it had the potential right there totally (laughs) um so yeah in order to kill like really kill a vampire you have to like behead them and burn them and that's exactly what happens to James because the whole family comes to help well not the whole family Alice Jasper Emmett and Carlisle come to help um Edward out and they do kill James but right before everything went down James did bite Bella so Bella is over here convulsing and um you know the venom is going through her body and so this is the point in the movie where I was like um I was just very annoyed at how long it takes Edward to like decide to do something oh to okay yeah because I was like he has to make one of two choices either let her become a vampire or, I mean, what was it? Suck the venom out? That was the yeah. two choices, right? And my boy is taking forever because he's like, oh, what if I, like, start and can't stop? I'm like, I I mean, either way, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. It just t- took him a little too long to make the decision. So I was like, mm. um, But Edward does take on the task of taking the venom out. And he does so successfully. Um, and we get this little clip of, like, it's like Bella and Edward embracing and like Robert Pattinson's oh, voice yeah. in the background <laughs> singing. Mm-hmm. Singing words you can't even understand. 
Okay. I, I love him for that though. <laughs> I, I Robert Pattinson is just his own like thing. Um, but yeah, I had in middle school, there was a bunch of my friends who were obsessed with Robert Pattinson and they were like, oh my gosh, I love his song. And I remember I asked one of them, I was like, what are the words? Like, what, what does he say? And they were like, oh, I don't know. It just sounds cool. I was like, okay, at least we're all on the same page that so that shit is gibberish. Like, what the hell? Like, the I was- only thing I can understand is like, I'll have you in my arms. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm like, sure. This is a love song. That's all we know. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we get this little moment and then she wakes up in the hospital. So Bella survived. Gaslit again. You fell downstairs. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh that's so true because her mom is next to her when she wakes up mm-hmm. in the hospital um and yeah she's like oh my god Bella like apparently <laughs> you fell down like five flights of stairs through a window but the thing <laughs> we laugh is that like Bella is so clumsy that like I'm sure her mom was like oh yeah like that that could happen to her I was like that that was a very um crazy story that was accepted widely so sure Mm -hmm. um I this is the scene because you know everybody talks about how um Kristen Stewart made some choices uh as Bella in terms of like her her stutters her like Mm -hmm. uh, 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 like before she says something but this was the one that like sent me because (laughs) it's just you don't well I mean, for y'all that haven't seen it, it's so intense in the way that because basically Edward tells Bella that, I mean, all this shit went down like I'm leaving like we shouldn't be together like you don't have to see me again like this is too much. And she's like, you can't leave me here. And I was like, bro, like you're 17. Like I, I just forget the intensity of their love for each other yeah love question mark right (laughs) yes but Um, yeah she like she she, like feels like she's gonna die if he yeah like she would literally actually rather die Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy um what else did I write down for this one oh yeah so anyway after she after Bella's like no you can't leave me here like I can't I won't live without you and he's just like okay <laughs> like once <laughs> she says that he's like yeah sure um okay skipping to prom thoughts I love a dress with leggings underneath <laughs> snaps snap to the dress I would the never leggings. wear it in 2020 um but like seeing her wear that dress I'm like oh yes that was so popular back then oh yeah it's very of its time for sure yeah and I Uh love seeing it. it's like a little like snippet of that era totally and her giant ass boot because her leg is still um Mm -hmm. what's called uh healing healing. (laughs) (laughs) um and then also like you we can we get to see Charlie again and it's it's really how do I explain this like when we see Charlie you can just tell that he's kind of over it he's over this teenage drama of (laughs) romance and he doesn't want Edward around like at first he was like very neutral didn't care about Edward yeah you can go um Mm -hmm. do baseball whatever (laughs) I don't care but now now is like you better watch yourself. I'm a chief of police. <laughs> Seriously. 
because yeah when he left for baseball he's like oh i'll take care of her he's like sure and then when they're about to leave for prom he's like oh don't worry i'll take care of her and he's like sure Sure. my guy (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so we've uh, she talks about it for like a second but like that dress is borrowed from alice so bella did not own a dress for an occasion like this so she had to borrow one um but when it comes to the actual prom i thought it was really cute like it was like quaint enough like it wasn't um the traditional like american prom in like a gym you know yeah ours was nasty coming compared like me and Andrea went to high school together and our prom (laughs) was so packed like where we had to dance was so gross and sweaty and packed and this one was so cute like you could have like a little outdoor Mm -hmm. like gazebo little like I don't know ballroom (laughs) moment and that's so cute. I th- yeah. I still like find that really adorable. Me too. That little uh, gazebo moment gave me a Cinderella story vibes. If you've seen a Cinderella yeah, story well, with it depends. I've seen the one with Selena Gomez multiple times and once with um, Hillary Duff. Okay. Well, the Selena Gomez one was like our generation, like our yeah. generation Cinderella story. But like in the Hillary Duff one, like she also has like the gazebo moment. Mm. So I was like, wow. Um, but. Oh, okay. Sorry. There was this one part that I wrote down that I was like, ah. so um, Jacob doesn't play a big part in Twilight. He's just, like not that important. Um, but he comes in at the end um, in his like <laughs> button down and like crooked tie, <laughs> um, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm crashing or whatever. Like, I don't know. The lines that he was given made me really like him in the first movie because he's just like, mm-hmm. whatever, I'm here. Um but he's like, oh, yeah, like my my dad paid me to come tell you um, to break up with your boyfriend. But he says it in a way that is like a joke. Like he's like, yeah, like I, I was paid to come here and tell you to break up with your boyfriend. Um, and he also told me to tell you that we'll be watching. Uh, like he himself doesn't really know like what's going on, yeah. which I'm like, oh, but as the movies go on, y'all. Well, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I would say Jacob is at his, m- well, not his most likable, but I, again, I just really liked him in this movie. But, you know, as soon as Edward and Jacob see each other, the vibe goes away and it's like yeah. really intense. Then it's hostile. <laughs> yeah. And then Ed- I wrote down this quote because I was like, this is great. Uh, Edward says, I leave you alone for two minutes and the wolves descend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I like if you're Jacob in that moment, like you don't even understand what he means. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, like at that point he, he could have been like, wow, he's being racist. Like, totally. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause you have no knowledge that you yourself will become a wolf. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor thing. He was just like trying to live his best life at this point. Yeah. He um, had a right to not like Edward in that moment. I can yeah. see it. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so yeah, we we again going back to the gazebo. Bella's like, bruh, like, just oh, uh, on the list of things that would never happen. As soon as they make it onto the gazebo, everybody else leaves. Oh yeah, and I was like, um, okay, uh, you're not that special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all leave to give them, you know, this moment of solitude on the gazebo. And Bella's like, bruh, change me, like change me into a vampire. Like we know we love each other. We know we want to be together forever. What's the point? And she flops her head back like a dead <laughs> chicken and is like, do it right now. 
this crazy girl she's like here in front of all these people watch her convulse again (laughs) like I don't know if her desperation is supposed to be relatable like I I actually don't know I don't again going back to like my intense crushes in high school like they weren't this intense like I wouldn't die (laughs) for them you know like I wouldn't leave this is my thing I wouldn't leave my entire family behind because if she became a vampire, the reality of the situation is she'd have to tell everybody that she got sick and died. Yeah. And they would disappear forever. So that's why Charlie is my favorite. Like poor dude has to go through losing his daughter too at such a young age. Cause by the fourth and fifth movie, like he doesn't get to see her for so long because no. she's changed. She's a newborn. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's your two year old granddaughter. Like what? Who like, grows like five feet in two months. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. bruh. <sighs> I don't know. It's crazy. But yeah, he, she, Bella's like, change me right now. And Edward's like, yeah, they like lean down and it looks like he's going to bite her or whatever. And he ends up just kissing her on the neck and is like, I forget what he says, but it's something along the lines of like, why can't you just be happy to live with me for a really long time? And she's like, for now, that's enough. <laughs> I was like, okay. So that's how it ends. But we see this little clip of Victoria at the end and she's like at the prom watching. And so that's like the cliffhanger for the sequel. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oddly enough, Victoria's like hardly even involved in the second movie and it's just their toxic relationship problems in New Moon. <laughs> oh yeah. She shows up for like two seconds, right? It's just mm-hmm. like a chase scene and like when Bella's in the water. Yeah. Cause the plot just like kind of skips over that and then it's eclipsed and then it's her and then it becomes revenge. yep yep you're yeah, totally but the right. second one is just their toxic relationship oh my god okay why do you think this series got so much attention in general because it took it got traction so quick i'm trying to like actually piece it together because i think <laughs> i think there's that like kind of like what you mentioned there's that additional like feeling of like wow something we haven't seen like there yeah there's like Buffy the vampire slayer but like there wasn't this like purposeful like like you should really be into vampires or you should really be into werewolves because after that it was like Teen Wolf and like all these other knockoffs not knockoffs but like kind of inspired Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. things even Fifty Shades of Grey also inspired by Twilight oh my gosh Um, the vampire diaries Mm -hmm. the vampire diaries also um and like I think that that was something novel something new for like people to like I guess binge or Mm -hmm. like get really excited about yeah Um, but I also think it has something to do with how they made Bella like stereotypically boring Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense but like they I think Stephanie actually did try to make her the most like two-dimensional character maybe she didn't try this but it worked she (laughs) made her such a like two-dimensional character that literally anybody could project themselves onto her and like put themselves in her shoes and like who doesn't want to be loved and like as a teenager if you're reading this like you would probably want this like intense devotion that Edward is giving her. So I think there's also that appeal to it. Um, Oh, I totally, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I had some 
beef with the the way that the series went on um not plot wise not anything like that but just like direction wise because again like I said the first film was directed by Catherine Hardwick and um you know with her behind the wheel she made it the highest grossing film ever that a woman had directed um which is a big deal and she was set to film and direct New Moon, but mm-hmm. I believe I don't know what happened exactly. Y'all might want to like research this as well because I this this is it one hundred percent. Um, I'm not sure, but I believe she was given a deadline to be ready to film, and she was like, "I need a little bit more time to get ready." Um, because you know it's a big. I I can't even understand the pressure or like imagine the pressure of you know, coming off the back of this giant success and being like, oh, crap, what if this next one isn't as good or whatever? Um, And so when she asked for more time, they were like, sorry, and gave it to some other director. We need more money sooner. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, no, we can't do that. And then every film after that was filmed, was directed by a man, which I don't have any beef with dudes directing movies, like whatever. But it's just like, if it had done so well with her as director, like why couldn't they just have given her like that little, Yeah, you know, that, I, I don't really, know. I actually wonder what it would have looked like if she would have directed all of them. Yeah. Would they all have been blue? <laughs> 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 I don't know. I think maybe they just would have kept their indie feel a little bit more because yeah. I mean, once they um, got uh, bigger budgets, it just took off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so crazy. Did you ever? Okay, this is. I don't want this to be the last question. No, I have to ask something else. But did you have Twilight merch besides the books? I had one. No, that's a lie. I had multiple Twilight merch things. Yes. But I just remember buying one thing, and it was a shirt from um, Walmart that said, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb in like the twilight font with like a faded edward and bella at prom where she's like neck back (laughs) ready for her to get sucked by him and like that was a shirt i wore all the time um then i also in middle school in my choir room i remember like finding on the floor like this um bracelet like you know those like um red ribbon week bracelet type things you know like those plastic yeah. ones mm-hmm. so one of those but it said twilight in the twilight font and it had a tiny little apple charm that hanged off what i found it in the choir room kept it i was not gonna ask girl you found a treasure <laughs> yeah no this is not a lost and found situation this is a finder's keeper mm-hmm. situation also also in that same choir room in sixth grade i found um a wannabe like Edward's um license it was like a little like piece of paper that <laughs> that was like laminated and it had like his height his weight his birthday and like all these things and I kept that like with me in my wallet all the time no way <laughs> those were like, the crazy. three the three like merch things that I remember owning that's insane I I I only asked this because they're um so sixth grade we, we, you know, you take your school pictures or whatever. I remember my outfit for sixth grade and my mom helped me pick this out. So this is also my mom's fault. Um, <laughs> I went in a, what, what do you call it? A Canadian tuxedo, like all denim. Mm-hmm. But I was like living for it. And it's trendy mm-hmm. now. And like, no one can tell me anything, even though it probably wasn't trendy then. 
but it's aged well is all I'm saying. Um, but the shirt underneath my jean jacket was also a twilight shirt from Walmart it was one. it said twilight, like down it. And then it was like the, it was Be- Edward and Bella, like embraced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's like on the, po- like, was it the poster of the first twilight? But anyway, like, it's definitely a photo shoot picture. It's nothing from mm-hmm. the film. And they're just like, uh, embraced, you know? And I wore that shirt under my jean jacket and like that photo hangs on one of these walls in my house. <laughs> and so every time I see that, it just like ages the picture perfectly because it's like the big <laughs> twilight shirt. I'm like, oh my God, it's 2008. Oh my gosh, this That's is so crazy. Amazing. Oh, wow. Well, Daisy, thank you so much for being on this episode. I'm so glad we, t- we could talk about this. And I hope y'all listeners enjoyed this one because I wanted to give y'all a little something for the Halloween season. Um, Again, I know it's not the traditional rom-com genre, but I think it's aged in a way that we can talk about it like it is. Um, But yeah, I I suggest if you guys haven't seen it in a while, I really suggest you give it another watch um, as adults uh, or whatever age you are. Um, But yeah. Uh, Daisy, again, thank you so much. This was so fun. Um, And I'll catch you listeners on the next one. Bye. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of That Would Never Happen. Please be sure to follow our Instagram at That Would Never Happen. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. And look out for new episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. Stay safe. Wear a mask. I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.